Welcome to The Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business, and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and my guest today is Robin Tiger. Welcome, Robin. Thank you so much for having me. I I'm a very big fan of your podcast, so thank oh, you. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, you could just stop right there. That The whole podcast was worthwhile. <laughs> that's fantastic. But I, I know, well, first of all, I, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey uh, as a physician and what you're doing now. So tell me what happened. It must have been about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Is that was sort of the, the turning point? What happened then? Yeah, uh, I was. It was probably about maybe even fifteen years ago ish. Uh, I was practicing radiology, um, had two little kids, husband, you know, was in charge of everything on many boards, on many committees, had a dog, was <laughs> doing it all, and uh, I started to notice that I started to get lots of illnesses, things that. I couldn't really put together. Um, I developed migraine headaches with vomiting. I had vertigo and tinnitus and bleeding gums, um, reflux, abdominal pain, body pain, intermittent paresthesias. Actually, I'd be, you know, in the middle of a breast biopsy, for example, and my tech would say, hey, Dr. Tiger, <laughs> you're right there at the lesion. And I would just be standing there because I would feel this area of numbness. I know we don't have all physicians and medical personnel in your, in your audience. So that paresthesias mean your hands and feet, my hands and feet would feel numb. And I was tired, exhausted, um, couldn't focus. And you must've been a lot of fun to be around at that time, I can imagine. I was so much fun. <laughs> I mean. My family thought it was really fun when I had us in the wrong airline on a Christmas week trying to fly out somewhere. And when I had us at the wrong uh, theater at the wrong day <laughs> for a show. So my mind was going every which direction. So yeah, so that was me. I was a hot mess <laughs> about 15 years ago. And I sought out a lot of um, medical help from our colleagues, neurologists, for example, gastroenterologists, periodontists, I had mental health on board um, and nothing was making me feel better. And I really decided I needed to figure out how to make myself feel better. Like, and I bet yeah. those visits weren't very satisfactory either, you know, either yeah. from the physician, because I, I see patients like that and I sort of know within five minutes that I'm not gonna find anything here at all and if i do it's not something fixable and it just sort of takes all the wind out of your sails and and i suspect your gastroenterologist and neurologist and the mental health professional all just like oh no she's coming back again what are we <laughs> gonna do yeah and some of them are my colleagues right they knew me too so that made it even worse because they really wanted to help and i was on all kinds of pills of course i'm a radiologist so I had imaging studies and they were negative and, you know, MRI of this and CAT scan of that. And yeah, everything was negative, 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 which is how I was feeling. <laughs> negative, so negative. You took the bull by the horns and said, well, I guess I'll have to figure this out. Is that what happened? That's exactly what happened. So I had some dark thoughts too, like, hmm, like I don't even want to be here, which was 
unbelievable to me as I'm saying this right now, but it was true. And so, yeah, I decided, all right, I have to save my own life. I mean, my colleagues can't do this for me. And I want to figure this out. And so I started looking outside the box of traditional medicine, outside my left brain. And I started learning about different options that were out there. Things like yoga, things like meditation, things that I thought were ridiculous <laughs> because I'm a gym rat. And I thought that those were those, those people over there. That's not, that's not me, but I was desperate. And so I decided, eh, let me give it a try. Grab my next door neighbor. She's a nurse. The two of us decided to try this yoga 101 class. And we said, if it was terrible, <laughs> we would just go out to dinner. <laughs> we're just, we're out of the house. And I have to tell you that after that first class, I felt an amazing shift. I was calm. I was balanced. I was focused. My left brain was trying to unpack it all. My doctor brain was like, what just happened? And so fast forward, I continued with those classes, got into meditation, and all of these symptoms that I was describing to you all went away. All of them. No meds, no talk therapy, nothing. And so what I realized was that the most important diagnosis as a physician that I was able to make was for myself. And that was just that I was chronically stressed because I came to understand the physiology behind what I was doing was that I was learning how to regulate my nervous system and that all of these symptoms were what my body and mind were doing in response to the stress that I was under. And that was okay. It. Two questions. Yeah. So, well, one, I'm a neurologist, so I'm very interested in mind brain. And I know there are kind of yoga experts that can just sort of slow their pulse down and their breathing and, and literally control their metabolism after years of practice. So nobody really knows how they do that. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But it, it, it can be done. Did you simultaneously make other changes? Did you get rid of your husband or your children or, no. you know, did you change your hours at work or um, did this help you or, or you were just able to handle it all differently? What do you think? What happened there? A different lens. I was able to be calm in the chaos of what was going on. Um, I was able to be present and be different with whatever was happening. I was able to respond and not react to every little thing. And... I didn't change anything else. My job was the same. My amazing family, were, they were the same and they were so happy. <laughs> they, they loved me. They, they were like, we love this new you. And my patients, my staff, my colleagues, my kids' friends, they love being at my house. I, they just wanted to be around me. They, it was palpable, this change. I like that a different lens. You know, we're always faced with, you know, half full, half empty, right? The glass. And it's, it's all how you, how you look at it. Like, oh, I got to take my kid to school or, oh, I get to take my kid to school. Right. So, right. right it's all sort yeah. of, you know, how you, uh, I think we talk a lot now about intentionality, you know, as opposed to going through life and doing all the million things we have to do is doing them on purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, okay. So you made this discovery, you got better back and uh, you could have just sort of carried on, but you did something else. What did you do? I didn't want to be the best kept secret. 
I just said, if I know this stuff, then other people have to know this stuff. Um, and so I needed to dive deeper into the study of what was happening. Um, for most people, they may not understand that a yoga teacher is a base level of 200 hours, but a yoga therapist is at least a thousand hours. And that allows you to take the principles of yoga and apply them to many different populations. Particularly for me, I was interested in helping people with cancer, helping military veterans, helping our first responders, helping our colleagues. And, you know, I needed to learn more to be able to do that. Um, looking through the lens of trauma, understanding stress at a deeper level, understanding what's happening anatomically and physiologically with disease. And so I dove in deeper, became a certified yoga therapist that took three years and certified in IREST meditation, which is a specific type of meditation that was initially created for our military, actually. That was another three years. And then life coaching, which is how to work with your mind. And yeah, I, tell me, I don't know what it, I, you read. A, I get all these emails about life coaches. I don't, I yeah. don't know what is, what is a life coach? Well, it's interesting that you sort of tapped into that when you worked with the language. You didn't probably didn't even realize what you just did. I have to versus I get to. Very interesting language. So a life coach helps you manage your mind and work with your thoughts. And we really recognize that it's not the circumstances in our life that are causing us to feel a certain way, that are causing us to show up a certain way that cause the results in our life, but it's the way that we think about those experiences. It's our thoughts. And so it's really learning to recognize fact from fiction, circumstance from thought, and then really learning to work with those thoughts. And some of it is language. And so you actually did that <laughs> a couple minutes ago when you changed, I, I have to, I have to, I have to, to I get to. I get to, right? So that's that's just a little taste, a little piece. But I found that self-care in general is a wonderful formula that's composed of learning, learning how to take over your hijacked body and physiology, your nervous system, your stress response, and then learning how to take over that hijacked mind, all those words that your brain's telling you that just trying to right. protect you. We all have this kind of inner narrative, right? There's a voice all day long. At least I have one pretty loud yes. telling me what, <laughs> what's going on. Uh, so a few things. One, I think people who are not in healthcare mm -hmm. don't appreciate, you know, and that includes first responders and firemen and people who deal with people's health, how stressful that that really is. You know, I mean, uh, if you're not in healthcare and you have a stressful day because you're an accountant, you know, it's like maybe you made an error. We're going to have to go fix that, you know, or you're in a company. It's usually about money. But when you, it's healthcare, I mean, the other day I was on call. I picked up a new patient. I went in and the first thing I had to do was explain to the family that their loved one who had been perfectly fine a day before was not going to survive. And uh, I literally knew that patient for about five minutes. I didn't know the family. And I, I kind of have, you know, sort of a go-to formula for that that I think works pretty well. And I listen and I'm patient and I try and be gentle, but you know, the facts are the facts. But, you know, I think, uh, I think that's stressful. You know, it's not, it's not just like being at the cash register. You know, it's a whole other 
thing. And of course, people outside of healthcare have a lot of stresses these days. We have a lot of input 24-7 from our phones and the news and, you know, troubles in Afghanistan and stuff 50 years ago we never knew about. Now we have to worry about it. And uh, so that's why I came across, I've dipped my toe into this about intentionality, you know, trying to be doing things on purpose, right? And of course, with a purpose, uh, even better. So what happened to, uh, it sounds like you got pretty deep into this. So how did it change your life? Well, like I said, I didn't want to be the best kept secret. And I decided to move forward and try to help others learn what I learned. And so I created Stress-Free MD to do just that, you know, to help others, what I like to say, become stress-free from the inside out, you know, to teach others how to help themselves. Certainly as doctors, we know that individuals sometimes need Western medicine. They need medication, they need therapy, absolutely. But most of the symptoms that patients come to their primary care physicians with are related to stress. And so when we can help individuals in a different way, you know, help them feel less stress in their life, they can live a healthier life. And they don't necessarily need a pill for everything. You know, we think sometimes you need a pill for everything, <laughs> but we really don't. Like, well, why aren't you sleeping well? Well, why can't you focus? Well, why does your body hurt? Well, why is your digestion off? You know, why are you having issues with your interpersonal relationship with your partner, your, your coworkers, your children? You know, really getting to that cause. And lots of times it's not something that's really medically wrong with an individual. It's just that they need help need to learn how to, to feel better in a way that they can innately, just with what they've got, whether it's breathing a certain way or moving a certain way or thinking a certain way differently than what they're already doing. So is this a one-on-one -on -one class or how does this work? Lots of different things. You know, I turned my focus about a year and a half ago to our colleagues as burnout has been significantly on the rise. Um, I have lost three physician colleagues to suicide. So that has been really a, a passion of mine to, to help as many physicians as possible stay in medicine if they want to, you know, not leave for reasons because they don't know how to, to work with what's happening, you know, with themselves and the workplace. So I, I do both. I have um, programs I've created, seven of which are accredited for healthcare professionals, CME for physicians, CEU and contact hours for nurse practitioners, nurses, and PAs. And six of those programs are available to the general public. And I do private sessions for those that prefer to work privately and really just meeting them where they are. What is it that you need? What is it you desire? You know, what piece of what I know will help you the best. And then I do presentations, I present at conferences, I present workshops, I, I'm beamed in to different places. I was beamed into Anchorage <laughs> over Saturday at a medical conference and um, where, wherever I can share this information in the way that will help individuals best. So I'm gonna put in the show notes a way that people can find you. What would be the best way? Is it stressfreemd.com, something like that? Or how, where, where, do I, where do I send people? Yeah, well, I'm a .net. I mean, <laughs> they, can look up, um, they can look me up through my website at stressfreemd.net. 
Net. And okay. Yeah, they can listen to Ivo podcast, which is new as well, because so many people said to me, everyone needs to know what you know. And I figured, all right, well, let me see how I can get this information out there. And I teach what I like to call stress-free snacks, <laughs> little bits of information in 15-minute-ish uh, segments. So What's the name of your podcast? The Stress-Free MD Podcast. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> they can great. look that up. The programs are on the website. I have free videos, uh, free uh, three self-care videos, a breathing tool, uh, release of shoulder and neck tension, and a meditation. And there's a free call. Somebody wants to set up a call with me. Now, I like one thing you said is that physicians are leaving medicine uh, often because they're just unhappy, you know, with being an employee. That's a big thing. More than 50% of docs now are employees. It didn't, you know, when, when I grew up, you know, doctors had their own practices and their own buildings and their own offices. And there are still some like that, but that is uh, shrinking. And a lot of things change when it's not yours anymore. Um, and, uh, I, I personally, I've worked a lot in locum tenens and I wrote a book about it. And I think one of the selling points that I, that I make when I talk about locum tenens is like, why is this good? Well, it's, if you don't like the clinical work that you're doing, you know, don't bail and become, you know, and go work for an insurance company, you know, looking at charts, if you really want to take care of patients. You know, consider locum tenens where you have a lot more control over what you do. And if that doesn't work for you well and you have to bail, you have to bail. But it's kind of a shame to sort of spend all that energy and love that you have for patient care and leave because you don't like, you know, the hospital administration. You know, that that's kind of sad. So you know, I like what you said about keeping, finding ways to stay where you are, you know, and make, see it in a, a different light, right? See it in a different light. And uh, what about, okay, so do we know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask a question as a neurologist now, do we know anything about the neurophysiology of yoga? I mean, like you said it was just like a miracle, right? You came out a different person. So, so what happened? Nobody drilled a hole in your head, you didn't take a pill, right? So no, what happened? No. The medical literature is chock full of research. And I was amazed to see it all. I felt like I had blinders on, almost like a, a horse that had those, <laughs> those blinders on. Once I dove into the medical literature, what I learned was that a lot of the changes are occurring down at the chemical level. So um, the research is showing that yoga and meditation decrease cortisol levels, cortisol being a very important stress hormone. We also know that it decreases inflammation in the form of lowering cytokines. And a lot of the illness that we feel in our body is related to inflammation. We also know that down at the genetic level, really interesting, if you like to geek out about this because I do, that telomeres are these little protective ends of our chromosomes. And for those who may not know what they are, think about the little plastic end of your shoelace, right? And when that plastic end starts to come off, the shoelace starts to fray. But we have these little protective ends of our chromosomes called telomeres, and they determine how long you live. And what we know is that with chronic stress, those telomeres are prematurely shortening more quickly than they would with your natural aging, which means with chronic stress, you actually live a shorter life. But when you decrease the inflammation in your body, you decrease the stress response and the cortisol and all these other things that are happening, you actually can increase those telomeres. 
you actually can make them longer, which is really mind-blowing. <laughs> and as a neurologist, the, the research on the brain and neuroplasticity is unbelievable. You know, thickening your cerebral cortex, the CEO of your brain, you know, decreasing your amygdala size, the trauma center, increasing your hippocampus so you can actually improve memory, you know, new memories. Just, it's amazing. In radiology, the brain was the brain was the brain like 20, 30 years ago. But to be able to learn that the brain can actually change by the way that you take care of yourself, for example, meditating, MRIs show that. I love that as a radiologist, seeing the difference. So it's pretty fabulous. So yeah, the medical literature is chock full of the why. Of course, so how much other- how much yoga do I have to do to see some <laughs> results? I'm busy. Well, I, say, you know? I tell people that whatever you're doing is more than you were doing yesterday. So if you have five minutes, five minutes, you know, whatever it is, the more you do, and it isn't traditional yoga where you're thinking people think you got to twist your body and shapes and turn yourself upside down. I mean, I teach things in short segments. You know, my program for physicians actually is 15 minutes or less. You know, short segments of information, short segments of movement, short segments of breath. And as you do those things, you really create neuroplasticity. Your default network changes. And so you'll have a quicker relaxation response when you do them, when you need them, when you're starting to feel stressed out and panicked. So it doesn't take much time. Certainly, if you want to spend a lot of time doing it, that's amazing. But a couple minutes, <laughs> you can really shift. I love it. Robin, is there anything else you want to add before uh, we wind this up? I would just like people to know that they have these innate superpowers, that they can make themselves feel better, and they just need to learn how, that we all have them, and they're not alone. And so once they learn how, it really is life-changing and transformative. Well, I feel better already just talking to you for 15 minutes. So I want to thank you very much for joining me on the Art of Medicine. I'll put your contact information uh, in the show notes. And I hope people who need you find you. So thank you very much. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. This program is hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Wilner, MD, FACP, FAAN. Guests receive no financial compensation for their appearance on the art of medicine. Andrew Wilner, MD, is Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this program belong solely to Dr. Wilner and his guests and not necessarily to their employers, organizations, or other group or individual. While this program intends to be informative, it is meant for entertainment purposes only. The Art of Medicine does not offer professional financial, legal, or medical advice. Dr. Wilner and his guests assume no responsibility or liability for any damages, financial or otherwise, that arise in connection with consuming this program's content. Thanks for watching. For more episodes of The Art of Medicine, please subscribe www.andrewwilner.com